0: Alright you guys, what's up? Uh, My name is Molly Murphy and I am your host of On To The Next Podcast. Just to like put it into perspective with you a little bit, I am sitting on the floor of my second bedroom. I have a glass of wine and I'm listening to Sex in the City in the background and I just like feel so incredibly nervous right now. I have no idea why Um, and just to keep it very real with you all this is my fifth time trying to record this episode so you know i'm really hoping that this one turns out the way that i hope to and i feel like i'm just gonna talk through this podcast like i have a million followers so shout out to the confirmed four i know who are listening um appreciate it and my voice is gonna sound a little scratchy because I went home this weekend and SantaCon and the Bengals got the best of me for sure. All right, so let's get into it. Um, over the past few weeks, I have been trying to brainstorm and plan the best way I want to approach this podcast, and I definitely want to use this episode to introduce the podcast and explain why I started this and. You know, kind of what inspired me to choose the name onto the next. So, to start it off, I want to dive into the title. Over the past few years, I have found myself dwelling on things and not so much as holding a grudge. I mean, granted, I absolutely can do that, uh, but it depends on the situation. Um, But not being able to accept things and move on. I have a hard time with just looking at something, accepting it for what it is or what happened um because I like knowing things um it's a control thing of mine I like to think I'm pretty easygoing but at the same time I also am very not easygoing at all um and if I don't know why something happened or why someone did the things that they did the thought literally consumes me and I hated that and I hated that I kept letting it happen now For a lot of things, it is situational. Um, You know, I'm personally holding a grudge over a couple people right now. Uh, Not important. Um, But the one situation I can think of, it was just, it was consuming me for the longest time. And it was like kind of my tipping point to be like, all right, Molly, you need to do something about this. Um, You know, and, you know, I'm I'm an emotional person okay and I feel like I kind of uncovered that part of myself within the past few years and you know all of those emotions brought me here to where I am right now sitting in front of this microphone talking about my feelings which terrifies the hell out of me um but like an emotional person meaning I take things personally and even like the lamest things like getting ghosted by a guy I talked to for a couple weeks that we never even made it to a date like it just didn't go anywhere but lo and behold I let that shit sting and it drove me nuts and I was like but like why why couldn't you I think it's because I'm like why couldn't you just say you didn't want to talk to me like it's the it's the childish aspect of it that I'm just like I think it just drives me nuts so then I just think about it constantly and I hated that I let things like that bother me so much so within the past few months I've been trying to quote-unquote train my brain because I feel like that's absolutely what you need to do um, to not care so much and I don't mean like literally not care about it but to experience it feel it and move on and certainly do it much faster than I have been and I feel like with the whole not caring mentality i definitely felt myself wanting to be like i don't care about anything and i think it's easier for me to go to that place because i am just like an angsty emo type of person and um i've been that way my entire life but i literally wanted to be like screw you i don't ever want to care about anybody ever again because like it's not seeming to work for me I felt like I was just giving and giving and giving to people and I just felt so empty and exhausted because I was like when is it my turn to like feel that in return I'm somebody who like loves so much and I love too much and it's a fault and but not a fault in the fact that I love people it's the fact that I it's the fact that I do it the way I do for as long as I do like i it's hard for me to like put my foot down and even realize them I just like look at it in such a naive way I feel like which I feel like it's also okay but it's all about protecting your peace and yourself and so I feel like that's why it's so necessary to stick up for yourself in that situation and be like you know like I love you and I'm allowed to love you and care about you but there is a point where I can't do that anymore and I think that that's what I've had a hard time doing. I felt like if I was just continuing to show people how much I cared and valued them and I'd give them these gifts and like ask them to hang out and be so sweet to them and like they would do me dirty and I would be like it's okay I understand like you're a human being and like whatever but like I wouldn't like and I just keep letting them do it. I wouldn't be like hey that's not okay. I would just be like okay like yeah I get it because I I think it was my attempt to not have them leave. And I felt like if I kept doing those things, then why would anybody not like you? But like, it's just a way for people to take advantage of you. All right, now, don't get me wrong. It's an ongoing process. And I like still find myself letting stupid boys make me cry. But that's not because I'm sensitive. They're actual assholes for no reason. And I'm 100% sure of that. Uh, But I have found myself reacting differently and I hope to get to the point where there is no reaction or I don't feel a sting. And you know, just by telling myself that there are so many things and so many people out there, this isn't the end of the world. Don't give them that power over you and continue looking for the next thing. Now, it's not about having a constant need to find something else or to find someone else. I think it's very important to focus on yourself and if you're looking for anything it should be looking for ways to make yourself better and your life better um but it's about keeping the optimistic mindset that if you do keep going and you do keep going and maintaining the same like sense and mindset that you have for things like you should very much so go out there and be kind and caring of people but it's about being able to differentiate when it's time to kind of put your foot down and you know once you do all those things and you do keep going and you have that optimistic mindset and you know manifestations and all those things are very real um you're going to find what you've been looking for and that's where on to the next came from and i remember laying in my bed one night texting my friend allison um about how i wanted to start a blog or podcast and i definitely know that i i've always kind of wanted to start a blog and podcast but it was really after jen palak on tiktok blew up and she started her fun on weekdays podcast and there was a girl who was in my class at UC who had a blog and it was so cute and I was like you know like they're doing these things and like there's no reason why I can't do these things I want to do these things so let's do it and so I was texting her and she was like I think you'd be great at that I think that's a great idea for you whatever and we kind of bounced some ideas off of each other and like thinking about what my brand should be because I wanted it to be something fun and meaningful and to have like a purpose behind my platform and we couldn't think of anything that night so I think it was a couple days later I was watching tv and I texted her and I was like on to the next and she was like I knew you'd come up with something I love it So after that, I started an Instagram page, which kind of stayed on the back burner for a little while. You know, your typical life got in the way excuse, but things did get busy and my priorities just shifted and, you know, I'm on to this next chapter of my life and I felt like it was the perfect opportunity to start something like this. So yeah, just like a fun little backstory, Um, but I am definitely very excited to be here and very excited to be doing this regardless of how nervous I'm feeling right now but I guarantee everybody listening to this already knows who I am and probably already knows all of these things so <laughs> it's okay but like I said I have a million I have a million followers and m- thousands of listeners right now so so I think the reason why I had such a hard time putting all of this together and why I've had to re-record it so many times is because it all kind of flowed into each other so I feel like I kept like bouncing around and then repeating myself over and over again so I think the best way to do this is to split it up into three topics that I'd like to talk about um I think they all kind of embrace this message the best um and it's all kind of focused on like where I am right now versus like the past which the past plays into it obviously but that's kind of where my approach is with that um and so I'm going to start with the biggest topic Uh, because I think it's the most important it means the most to me uh, and that is my history with color guard now this is a topic I plan to do its own episode on because there's so much there Um, so I'm going to try to dig into it a little bit not too much Um, but you know it was a very pivotal and life-changing experience such a huge chapter of my life so I'm definitely going to reference it a lot um but just for a little backstory growing up I was let's say like a different kid um and you know not so much for my personality but I always think it's because of the way I looked um I was the fat kid who got bullied all throughout grade school um I have red hair and you know, some of the older kids would come up to me on Kick a Ginger Day. And I don't even know if that is a real day or if they literally just made it up. Um, but they'd literally come up to me at recess and kick me. And they'd be like, haha, ha, Kick a Ginger Day. And these kids were like one or two years older than me. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, and kids in my grade would constantly talk to me about, like, ranch dressing, and they'd reference Twinkie conventions, and you guys, like, I can't make this up, like, this was, like, every day, kids would be, like, do you eat a whole bottle of ranch, and I'm, like, fucking no, I don't, or, like, Twinkie conventions, and I'm, like, I've never had a Twinkie, so, like, why are you guys talking to me, um, and I If only I was, like, the way I was now in grade school. Like, how iconic would that have been? I would have hurt a lot of people's feelings. Um, But they... So they'd ask me about that stuff. And some days, like, I would literally, like, buy my lunch instead of packing. You know? Like, a normal thing. Whatever. Sometimes they had, like, chicken nuggets or, like, Bosco sticks, which we called Italian Dunkers, which is not a common name. So um yeah but I was sitting at lunch at the lunch tables and this kid in my grade came up to me and he was like hey can I have your food and I was like um no and mind you I'm in like the fifth grade maybe and he was like come on it's not like you need it anyways and kids on both sides of me started laughing like groups of kids like my friends that I was sitting with the guys that were friends with the kid asking, they just started laughing. So I just, like, sat there and just, like, slid my tray over to him because, like, what the heck was I supposed to say as a fifth grader who literally, like, how do you react to something like that? Um, so I gave him my food. Um, kids would tease me and be like, someone th- thinks you're really cute. And kids in the older grades would, like, pretend flirt with me like wink at me and wave and then they'd point and laugh and you know it was just absolutely miserable I hated grade school with a burning passion um and you know I find it really funny that I'm 24 years old and my life is the way that it is right now but these thoughts are so prominent in my brain still like I know the kid who asked me for my food, instead, I didn't need it. I remember the kids laughing at me. I remember the kids pointing. I remember people asking me about the Twinkies and who kicked me at recess. Like, I remember all that stuff. It's ingrained in my brain. And I graduated in 2012. Like, it's just crazy. And I still, like, find myself thinking about those things when I see them or just, like, Being bullied for the way that you look is, like, such a hard thing to be bullied for because I feel like that stuff sticks with you forever no matter what. No matter how much you change, nothing, like, those thoughts are still going to be there and it's just, like, crazy to me because, like, who cares? Like, half of them are losers and, like, I don't know, whatever. All this stuff is important, I swear, but that's why Color Guard was so important to me. Um, I was able to start doing color guard in the fifth grade, uh, for some areas in the country, it's different for all ages. Like they have, um, little cadet teams that can start, um, when they're very little, like three years old. Um, but some in like first grade and so on. So, uh, for my school and where I was, it was fifth grade. And this was something I was looking forward to for forever. My sister did Color Guard. um, So I remember being like three years old, sitting in the stands at her competitions and being like, I'm going to do that when I grow up. Um, And I was finally able to do it. And I loved it as much as I thought I would. So once I found Color Guard, um, school was easier for me uh, because I could literally escape to this other world. You know, that's when my second bubble was established. But I finally felt like I was around people who genuinely liked me. Um, I was finding friends. I was doing something that I loved and didn't have to deal with any of that other stuff. Like people liked me for who I was. And that was like the first time I have ever felt that in my life. So um, very important moment for me. Um, And then it just continued to just get better and better. Um, It definitely had its challenges here and there. But regardless of those, the good always outweighs the bad. And that this color guard, my journey with it, is like the prime example of that. And I like low-key think it's kind of sad that I felt like I needed to escape to this other world as a fifth grader. Um, But I think it benefited me in a lot of ways i'm really thankful for it you know um and i think that all of those things kind of help me like mature a lot faster and just like figure things out and yeah so now that i have closed the color guard chapter of my life um you know granted i aged out of drum corps and kind of stopped marching right before covid hit um but I feel like I had no idea who I was or kind of where I belonged outside of Color Guard. I found it at such a young and pivotal point in my life where I just kind of grew up into it and with it. Um, so meeting people and trying to connect with people was very difficult for me. And so I kind of kind of recently started to look at myself like this because I feel like it makes the most sense but I just kind of labeled myself as this like popular misfit and I have said that to someone before and they're like no you're not like you're not a misfit Molly and I'm like "Mm, I definitely think I am though Um, and I use the word popular because I've never really had a hard time making friends um, and just like meeting people I have a very outgoing and loud personality. You know, I try to be as kind to people as possible and I like to have fun and I'm just grateful to meet people. Um, I love people, which like I mentioned earlier is sometimes a flaw of mine. Um, but it can be challenging. Um, I, so that's why I say popular, uh, because I know a lot of people. I'm not afraid to talk to people. I love being social. I like I, you know, I work in sports sales, so, you know, I like to talk, um, but I have felt like, you know, excluding some very impactful and special relationships that I have found, um, during this time, um, I feel like I just had nothing to connect over with anyone. The connections were very surface level, and I just didn't feel like I belonged in that room with these people. I, Couldn't figure out where I belonged other than on a football field. And, you know, that's fine. We all have our own likes and interests, but it was hard. And, you know, if you're from Cincinnati, like, you know this place is a black hole. I love Cincinnati. But people here are way too comfortable with their crowd, which is not a bad thing. But it's the kind of comfort where you're friends with the same people you met in first grade and you don't branch out from those friends. And it's weird, in my opinion, and I feel like that's why I felt like I never belonged, because I was never like that. I found this other place where I felt like I belonged, met these different types of people, had all these different kind of experiences. Heck, I traveled almost the whole United States by the time I was 21 years old, and like that's pretty cool I did it without my parents I was on a bus traveling with strangers who quickly turned into my best friends like it was just different and I realized at a young age like how much of the world is out there and what's to be seen and so once that ended and I had to start talking to people from where I lived and like trying to connect and bond with them. Like they weren't reacting the same way my color guard friends did. They weren't all open arms and laughs and wanting to be silly and have fun and run around and do whatever. It was, you know, like you're talking to a rock and I'm not trying to insult anyone, but I was literally at a party just a couple months ago and I didn't know anybody there except the host and his girlfriend. Um, And so, like football was on, so I was watching college football. That's what I do when I don't know what else to do. Um, And these two kids I didn't know were sitting next to me. And so, it's not like I'm saying like if you're the only person who doesn't know anything, like you should wait until everybody talks to you. But people don't talk to you. And in this instance, people didn't even talk to me when I was trying to talk to them. I asked these two kids like, so, like, how do you guys fit in here? How do you know so and so? The one kid just got off the couch and walked away. I was like, "Mm, cool, cool, cool. Um, The other kid was nice. I learned that he's just naturally very quiet and awkward. But he answered the question, and that was pretty much the end of conversation. Um, So I was like, okay. Like, he's just not doing anything for me. It's not fun for me to be around. Like, for as laid back and easygoing as I feel like I am in social settings, like, Things don't need to be that hard, and I feel like connections with people are very hard, especially going up in a little place like Cincinnati, where high school is the most important thing, and that's just not the case anywhere else in the world. And I bring this up because, like, I grew up in Cincinnati for 24 years, and within the past year or two was the first time I ever felt like I had friends in the city, and That's why Color Guard was and has been so important to me. You know, it was the first place and really the only time to date where I felt like I belonged somewhere. Um, I was good at what I was doing. I had this deep admiration and love for every person I met, teachers, friends, whoever. Found people who were just like me, who loved and accepted me completely for who I was and was in an environment that, like, produced so much growth, Because every single day was different. Like, you were challenged. Expectations were so high. And, you know, you were always had a challenge. And it was incredible. So moving on from that has been challenging. It's definitely gotten easier since I kind of started working in the sports industry like I wanted to. Um, But that's why I set my, like, standards for a career so high. And just a little side story... I remember having my mandatory meeting with my career counselor um, my last semester of college. And because I spent my time running around on a football field or throwing a flag in a gym, I never did any internships or co-ops. And I told him I didn't want to settle on a job. And mind you, this is the first time I've ever met this guy, talked to him, whatever. He told me, well, with your lack of experience, you'll probably have to settle. And I just remember that shit striking a nerve which clearly didn't because I'm still talking about it over two years later but I was just like the audacity that you just had to say that to me people encourage you to have dreams and then they say things like that and I was like "Mm, you know what I didn't settle I kept my standards high I served at a restaurant until I found it And I got a job with the Cincinnati Bengals, and now I work for a Power Five College, who is the second school with the most football national championship titles following Alabama. And you know what? It's only up from here. So I'll remind you all again, never settle. Because you never know what's going to happen if you keep your standards high where they're supposed to be. Never lower them so they can meet you. You need to elevate yourself and continue pushing yourself until you meet it. And I 100% believe that. And I feel like that statement shifts. It can be applicable, I think, just to career focuses and yourself. Like, don't ever feel like you have to elevate yourself to meet a person or anything like that. But completely related to career and, like, self-improvement only. Just a little disclaimer there. Anyways, now that I'm off my little rant box there... I knew that I needed to find something new that I was passionate about and could put my energy into. And I remember thinking a few months before getting my job in the Bengals Pro Shop, which is fortunately where my sports career began. Um, I'm very thankful. Todd and Ron are two of the greatest managers ever and I absolutely love them. So working there was the absolute best. Um, So that being said, I'll remind you again, never settle. You have no idea where those little footsteps can take you. Um, And I remember thinking, I need something to fall in love with again. And that thought just stayed in the back of my mind until I could find what I was looking for. Now, I don't know if I have or not, but I definitely think I am in the right direction and trying to find that sense of belongingness and figure out who I was without color guard definitely put me on this like emotional roller coaster and I would go back and forth to feeling like a freak for feeling the things I did and don't get me wrong I'm still working on those things but I feel like I have found little outlets here and there that help which brings me to topic number 2 and that is music music has always been very special to me I feel very fortunate to have grown up in a family where music was so important. You know, my mom, my oldest brother, are the two people I immediately think about. So it's always been a very consistent safety net, um, if you will. And there is one specific song I'm going to talk about today, which is called There Is. Um, And, you know, it's the kind of song... uh, That you remember where you were when you heard it the first time. And I was driving home from my aunt and uncle's house. So I was like 16 or 17. um, And I flipped on the project. Because it was one of the only Cincinnati radio stations that occasionally played some decent punk rock music. Now this song comes on and I recognize Tom DeLonge. Shout out Tom. It's his birthday today. Um, I'm recording this on the 13th. So... Um, Happy birthday, Tom, on December 13th. And if you really know me, you know how much I love this guy. But I didn't know the song, and I knew it wasn't Blink-182, so I Googled the song when I got home, and lo and behold, it was a band called Boxcar Racer. And ever since then, this song has become one of my favorite songs of all time, uh, mostly because of the message behind it and one of the lines in the refrain um and just to kind of describe it a little bit uh tom wrote this song um i believe intended it as a love song you know tom was on tour he had a wife back home so the song was supposed to recognize that no matter where i am i love you and i know you love me and the line in the refrain goes will i shake this off pretend it's all okay that there's someone out there who feels just like me there is so the day before I moved I went and got that tattooed on my ankle and if you really know me you know tattoos have always scared me not because I am afraid of needles but because of the permanency and commitment Um, but I kind of looked at it like I'm about to do a lot of things that scare me, you know, moving away for the first time by myself to a place I've only been to once, which was for less than 24 hours, um, starting a brand new job where I don't know anybody else. So why not add one more thing to that pile, huh? And I just wanted to prove to myself that I could do it and I could commit to something and have it last forever and that I had control over the decision that was about to be permanent um now I know people get tattoos all the time and it's not that deep at all but it was a big deal for me so it seemed like the perfect permanent reminder um you know that I'm not a freak for feeling things I do because there is someone out there who is feeling the exact same way and for me um that's why Tom DeLonge is so important to me not to be one of those cringy cheesy girls who are like you saved my life but um, during quarantine and covid when everything was sucky like one of his other side projects called angels and airwaves i listened to their album i empire and it honestly did just like pull me out of this funk of a black hole of emotions i was feeling and i think when you admire someone so much especially like a celebrity and they say things or write about things that are identical to the things that you have thought about about yourself or for yourself to hear them say it it's like for me personally it's one of the most comforting feelings the entire world knowing that like this iconic person that I put on this pedestal and admire every single day has been or does feel the same way that I feel right now it's just it hits different it's a whole nother level of emotion that I just love about music so, that brings me to my last topic, which is more of a little side note. It's not that deep, but um, it's about Selena Gomez. And um, I watched her documentary, which is amazing. If you haven't watched it, you definitely should. Um, and also, I'm a Selena stan, so absolutely no Selena st- slander here is allowed. Um, I think she is such an amazing woman. And the way she can be so raw and honest is such an admirable trait. So after I watched it, I listened to her song, My Mind and Me, and there's a line in the song where she says, if somebody sees me like this, then they won't feel alone. And I watched this podcast, like, right after moving to Clemson, so I was like, you know what, that's it, that seals the deal for me, we're gonna do this thing, Um, and that's a great place to leave off, because now I can bring you to the why I wanted to start this podcast. You've got, number one, needing to find an outlet, you know, something to put your energy into, keep you focused, keep you busy. Two, doing things that scare you, realizing you are not alone in your thoughts, feelings, or in the world. And three, being vulnerable in hopes of helping someone, which in total gives you my inspiration for this podcast. Now, if there's one thing I have ever been sure of about in my life, um that's wanting to make a difference, you know, wanting to inspire someone, help others, whatever, and I know that this is something that I'm sure of, because even on those little papers where people are like, where do you see yourself in five years, ten years, twenty years, I'm like, bro, how can you think that far in advance, like, literally, how can you have a specific goal that far, you know, shout out to the people who can do those things, I am not built like that, I'm a short-term gal, forever, call them my little Legos, your little building blocks of life you know you're gonna put those things together and together uh you're gonna (laughs) you're gonna put those things I feel like I should take that out but I also feel like this keeps it so real in me so I'm gonna keep that in there um you put those little Legos all together and look at the beautiful thing you can make with it you know things change the wind blows you knock it over whatever you never know what's gonna happen so I wrote on that piece of paper I want to make a difference. And, you know, if that's by making them laugh or talking about my thoughts on something and it resonates with someone, then I feel like I'm accomplishing that goal. Um, It makes me severely uncomfortable to open up, like I mentioned earlier. Um, So the fact that it could potentially, possibly reach a larger audience, you know, larger than the 1 million listeners I have right now, um whether it's one person or you know i do blow up and become a celebrity i will remember all of you guys don't worry okay um i know i'm doing myself a favor by you know stepping outside of my comfort zone doing myself a favor um but also reminding someone that if you do ever feel like you are alone or lost uh you absolutely know there is one person who've feels just like you do so yeah that kind of wraps up and I think successfully illustrates my two goals that I mentioned at the beginning of just explaining why I wanted to start this um and explain why I chose the title I did um but yeah I uh, don't really have much to wrap this up with but honestly Feedback is great. I thrive off of feedback, so if I was screaming into this microphone, please let me know. Um, If it's horrible, please let me know. Maybe this can be like a one and done, or we'll kind of just like thrive off of that. Like, yeah, Molly, you have a shitty podcast. Let's keep being shitty. So, we'll see. But this was a lot of fun, and I plan to post something every single Wednesday, so... I hope you guys enjoyed it and uh hopefully next week we'll be back with something not as gushy and gross yeah and i also like want to start doing like cool stuff and like maybe i'll get a, like a cool intro made or something like that that could be fun or like hey let's wrap this up with some fun facts about me yeah i don't know so cool but uh my four friends listening to this um, i'm targeting you with those questions so let me know what you thought um i feel very unprofessional right now but whatever i keep thinking about brianna chicken fry and pat mcafee so that's where i'm at right now <laughs> so yeah thank you for listening and i hope you've all stayed for the full 35 minutes and counting um and thanks for celebrating and joining me on my very first episode uh, remember to think on to the next and i'm going to think. What would Alex Earl do? So, I'll see you guys next week.